I'm Khalil Ekelona, and this is Nashville. We've heard, all heard the stories. Housing prices are sky high. People are outbidding each other with cash offers. Some of those are coastal transplants who are willing to pay and able to pay way over the asking price, sometimes sight unseen. Whatever the reasons, it can be tough to buy a home in our city. Difficult, but not impossible. Every day, someone new is added to the list of first-time home buyers. What is it like to finally get the keys to your home for the first time? What are the biggest obstacles to that dream? We'll talk with first-time buyers and folks who work in the real estate market. But first, it's time for Add Us. Each week, we take time to read the comments so you don't have to. Yes, I am encouraging you to literally at us on Twitter at This Is Nashville, on Instagram at This Is Nashville underscore WPLN, and at WPLN News on Facebook. Unfortunately, our digital lead, Anna Gallegos Cannon, is out today. So joining me now with a look back at the past week is our senior producer, Steve Harouche. Hey, Steve, how's it going? What's up, Khalil? Nothing much, man. <laughs> Good to see you. Good to have you in the chair. So, you know, I'm almost afraid to say this because my stomach is about to react um, unfavorably. But last week, we had another one of those shows that made being on the air during lunchtime Kind of rough. Uh, yes, I, I recall. Mm -hmm. um, restaurants, meet and threes. I'm possibly getting hungry just thinking about it, but... Okay, let's not. Let's <laughs> just not. Right, okay. So uh, part of the show was about landmark restaurants in our town closing. Mm -hmm. um, and Caleb Hemmer tweeted to say, Nashville's meet and three restaurants are part of our city's DNA and culture. Please support these wonderful local businesses Hashtag, we can do better. Yeah, I, I feel like that really came across in the show that the meet and three is so Nashville. And yeah. we don't want them to go away. And we should eat at them while they are still around. I am. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, you know, we got a lot of, uh, a, we got a good dose of old Nashville nostalgia uh, when we were talking. We asked people to tweet us their old favorites. Um, Twitter user Terry Wild T. Terry shared a bunch of them. For instance, White Cottage at the foot of Jefferson Street Bridge, long, long gone. Uh, F. Scott's, Remember the Wild Boar, Arthur's, Julian's, The Stockyard. Hmm. It kind of goes on. Uh, everyone, I think, has their personal <laughs> list of their, uh, their favorites that are gone now. I personally really do miss Rotiers and that cheeseburger. And for you old school Eastsiders, D's Q. Wow. Okay, okay. Before I start imagining a delicious plate of ribs materializing next to this microphone, we have to stop. I'm, <laughs> I'm way too hungry. So, uh, you know, on Monday we got bookish and talked about the bookselling scene here in town. That was a fun one. I also feel like people really respond to the analog technology shows. It's true. It's true. Um, we got a bunch of tweets uh, from folks about their favorite bookstores, and I, for one, definitely enjoyed that as a former bookseller myself. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Sparky, Opie, Barnabas, Marley, and Lavinia, my former co-workers who are also dogs. Anyway, uh, lots of love online for Alcabalan, Parnassus, The Bookshop, and those new kids on the shelf, Novelette. Uh, someone who goes by this one little bird quote RT'd our episode tweet, which we love to see. They said, here's some positive stuff going on in Nashville that helps me feel more hopeful. The more minority-run local bookstores like these, the better. 
a walking distance indie bookstore shouldn't feel like a luxury. I dream of our neighborhood having one. The more the better, yes. Bookstores, tweets about the show. I feel the same way about both. Okay, so anything else from our listeners this week? Yes, uh, we are actually already getting lots of listener comments on our latest call-out. Uh, we are asking you all to weigh in on what affordable housing means to you. Uh, we know that the federal government considers housing to be affordable when it costs 30% or less of your gross income. But, you know, not everyone has, a, I think, a clear picture of what that means. Yeah. Um, so if you make $62,000 a year before taxes, you shouldn't spend more than about 1500 on rent and utilities. Well, that's harder and harder to find in Nashville these days. Right, exactly. So um, we want to hear from folks. We want to hear from you. How do you define affordable housing? Um, maybe your math is a little different than that. Um, and we might use your response in an upcoming show. Well, where can folks fill that out? Uh, at the usual spot, this is Nashville.org. All right. Thanks to our senior producer, Steve Harouche, for this roundup. Uh, good to be here, Khalil, longtime producer, first time at us, rounder upper. Uh, you all know where to find Anna, who will be back next time. Oh, this is great. Now, don't forget to add us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and let's keep the comments coming. Also, fill out our community survey and let us know what topics you want us to cover at thisisnashville.org. It's super easy and quick, and that really helps us produce the shows with your needs and interests in mind. We have to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the different aspect of housing. And we'll meet some first-time homebuyers and learn how they did it, how it's going, and how you can do it, too. Are you a first-time homebuyer? Are you shopping for a house right now? Tweet us at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. Khalil E. Colonna, and this is Nashville. Buying a home is no easy task, and from what I've heard, it can be rather intimidating. Some of my homeowning friends have described the process as an emotional roller coaster that toys with your hopes and dreams at every turn. That does not sound like fun. Yet for many people in Middle Tennessee, owning a home is on the wish list of lifetime goals. That goal? looks even harder these days as housing prices stay high and the competition to buy the home of your dreams is tougher than ever. To get a help and a sense of what it's like to try to buy a house right now, I'd like to welcome my first guests, Ravi Balakrishna, Anita Smith, and Jake Burton. Welcome to This Is Nashville. Thanks to you all for joining us today. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you. So, you know, I want to start to see how, how you all feeling today. Ravi, how does it feel to be a homeowner? It feels great. Uh, you know, like you said, I've been in Tennessee for 14 years, so I always thought about buying and finally made the leap a year ago, and it's been awesome and a great experience for me. A wonderful sense of accomplishment you had? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Jake, how about you? Well, uh, I'm two weeks into being a homeowner, and uh, within the first week of owning the home, my plumbing failed. So it was one of those, <laughs> like, oh, first few days, great. Then the reality of owning the home actually having to cover the expenses has been kind of the immediate experience. So as, yeah. you, as you got the keys, what was the sensation? Uh, maybe a little bit of relief after um, being in the house hunt for about a year and a half, yeah. Okay, okay. Now, Ravi, how long were you in the market looking for a home? 
Uh, so I was probably in the market for about 90 days. Um, it's fast and furious, you know, when I finally decided to do it. Um, looked at a lot of houses before work, after work, things like that. I, I just felt like in Nashville, I couldn't miss, like afford to miss an opportunity. Um, so tried to see as much as I could and finally found the one for me. So when you decided finally, after 14 years, hey, I'm ready to buy a home, mm -hmm. what did you do next? So got in touch with uh, my friend who was an agent, H.P. Uh, Thompson, um, and, you know, he was like, all right, if we're going to do this and we've got to make sure we look at as many homes as possible, we got to be ready to go look at homes. Um, so I would just, you know, I love living in Nashville, been here, you know, from, you know, for a few years. And this is I've always wanted to buy in East Nashville. Um, so that's kind of what motivated me. Now, Anita, you don't quite own your home yet. No, I don't. I'm actually in another county, city. And I'm um, leasing to buy. Hmm. Now, is your landlord helping you get closer to owning the home? Uh, just through that program, I'm uh, getting closer. This is my fifth year of a 15-year. It's a 15-year program yes. that your landlord set up with you. So how long have you been attempting to buy this home outside uh, of the five-year agreement? Um, actually, it never dawned on me uh, prior to uh, the five years that I've been in it because I've just um, been one of the type of tenants that would go find a place and rent it and hopefully uh, stay there. One of the places that I've stayed was 10 years, and that's probably the longest I've ever stayed in any one address. Um, most recently, prior to moving in the place that I am uh, at today, um, I was a product of, I believe it's the gentrification that um, my landlord sold. And um, that uh, got me into a place where I was uh, facing homelessness in Nashville. Mm -hmm. And Nashville is my roots, and so I lived, I moved to another county to to uh, prevent that. What county are you in now? I'm in Giles County. Now, tell me, what's been the hardest part about this entire process for you? Well, uh, when you know better, you do better. And at 58 years old, uh, uh, once again, um, one of my things was just a secure place. And a lot of people don't know. They uh, they only know that to go and, oh, I'm going to find me another apartment. I'm going to find me another house. I had houses that I rented out that I rented uh, in my adulthood and thought nothing of it. But one of the things that is a stumbling block is securing a place that you can call your home and call your own. And um, one of the things that has uh, been a handicap to me was uh, getting my credit score correct. And so that's uh, what I'm on a quest uh, for right now, you so know, I can secure a home. So you, as 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 somebody who's been priced out of Nashville, tell me how important and why is it important that people of different income levels be given the opportunity to own a home in Nashville? As you said, you have roots here. Um, it's attainable. And getting the message across, I don't know if it's needing more advertisement, more uh, community awareness, but a lot of people, um, they qualify today, and they're just renting, and they, they are uh, even displaced, and they qualify. And just getting that message across that 
uh, you too can have you um, a home and and that's, you know, that you can own it. Now, Jake, what were you looking for when you got into the market? Since, you know, I heard that location is important. Where were you looking? We were looking in East Nashville, my wife and I. Um, we had transitioned um, out of Los Angeles uh, a couple weeks before COVID shut the whole country down, came back and had started renting for six, seven months, um, but then started putting our eyes on the horizon and said, we would love to own. So I uh, had a few real estate friends and just started, uh, this was January 2021. So right before the market really kind of took off. Now, would you all agree that it's helpful to have real estate friends? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I think so. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Jake, I want to know, did you and your wife, did you get what you wanted when you were looking for your home? No. What are your feelings about that? Um, I think one of the lessons I learned in the year and a half is, um, or a few of them were resetting my expectations, um, also dealing with my own entitlement, right? Of saying, okay, this is, this was the vision I had in, for my life, but what is reality um, and what's entitlement because of what I, what I thought I deserved, you know, economically mm. and, uh, and those things didn't always line up. So, uh, you know, the house we ended up buying was a duplex in East Nashville. And the, the only reason we were able to um, stay in East Nashville was that we had a duplex. Now the other person could help pay our mortgage. Mm-hmm. And uh, so was it a dream situation? Absolutely not. Was it worth it? Yes. But, you know, are there, are, were there some things we had to trade off? Absolutely. How did, did you talk to your wife about this, uh, coming to realize your, the sense of entitlement that you had in this white, in this housing search? Did your wife and you have these conversations? I I think we did. Um, I mean, with your spouse, you know, back and forth, you want to be, I think, sensitive of not trying to, to squash dreams. Um, but yeah, I think those were, those were hard conversations. Um, uh, but we did, yeah, we did talk about it and just saying, you know, sometimes had to reevaluate every every couple months as the interest rates rose mm-hmm. and our buying power went down. We had to say, oh, gosh, OK, what can we what what are non-negotiables for us? And that list at the beginning was very big, but over time became a lot smaller. Do you feel like this experience has changed your perspective? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we can get into this later, but I also work in the real estate you know, industry. So it's um, uh, as a buyer, but also as a professional in it, it's it's uh, it's in a good way has led me to question and think creatively about what I do for a living, um, how I even look at buying a home as an investment and strategies on you know how to think smarter um, moving forward. If you're just tuning in, this is Nashville, and I'm your host, Khalil Ekelona. We're talking this hour about home ownership in our town with first-time homebuyers, Ravi Balakrishna, Anita Smith, and Jake Burton. Now, Jake was just mentioning how he and his family made this compromise, and it opened up their perspective for buying this home that it wasn't quite what they were hoping for. Ravi, did you have to make any compromises as well? So I, I feel a little bad saying this. I got 
extremely lucky. Like, you know, I, we looked at a lot of houses um, and we finally kind of came to a conclusion. We were talking one day and kind of talking about, well, maybe you might have to make some concessions on what I'm looking for. Um, you know, we're not really seeing it out there or in, not really seeing the availability. And then literally the next morning, you know, he called me and I was getting ready for work and he's like, hey, I found it. This house is on the market. We have to put an offer on it. I know you haven't seen it yet. We'll check it out after you get out of work. Um, so I put an offer on it, sight unseen, went to work, went and saw it after with him, and it was literally like exactly what I was looking for. Um, so my experience has been different. Um, I don't know how, um, you know, uh, rare it is or common it is, but, you know, mine was, uh, I, I got lucky, I, I, and I know that for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, luck befalls people sometimes, yeah. and, and misfortune befalls people yeah. sometimes. I think that's the nature of the world that we live in. What was it like when you made an offer on this house sight unseen? I have to say, as I was moving to Nashville, I waited to get a place because I didn't feel comfortable with going into a, a, and, you know, signing a lease on something that I hadn't seen and walked in yet. Yeah, you know, you know, I just I, I really trusted uh, my agent. Um, so, you know, I knew that he had my best interest at heart. I also knew, you know, I was looking for you know, new construction and, you know, certain things that, you know, we knew off, you know, right off the bat were, were part of this deal. Um, so I felt, I wouldn't say I felt comfortable making the offer, but I felt like it was necessary um, to have a shot at it. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess that was the initial feeling was I have to do this to try to see if I can get it. How, ner how, how nervous were you on a scale from one to 10? Uh, so it was actually my first offer I'd put on a house, even though I'd looked at a bunch. So I was, it was pretty nerve wracking and being at work that day, knowing I'd done that, uh, you know, like <laughs> you kind of like was thinking about it all day long. Um, I didn't, honestly, I didn't expect to get it. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, three days later he, he called me and he said that, you know, I got some good news. Like you got it. So. Congra yeah. Congratulations. No, thank you. <laughs> you know, now, Anita, the home buying process, it can be a steep learning curve from what I've heard. What have you learned about buying a home through the situation you have? In my personal situation, least to own, uh, this is the first time ever. Um, I like to always throw my age out there at 58 and just not knowing uh, that you can improve the quality of your life uh, through purchasing uh, a home. Um, I used to always rent. Um, what I've learned is um, that it, it's blood, sweat, and tears. Um, basically, um, in my situation with the lease to own in the city and state that I, well, still Tennessee, um, a lot of responsibility uh, is in my lap. Um, me, me as being a, uh, one that, uh, I didn't have no education background about what to do, how to do it, uh, sight unseen. Um, I, this is the second home that I moved into in the Giles County area. The first time sight unseen, I was just desperate and I moved into a place, didn't know anything about it. And I've come out of pocket with both places. And um, it's got to be a um, rainbow on the other side of this storm because um, I'm in the struggle. I'm in the real struggle that um, without the proper tools, you can get yourself in a situation. But I'm determined to be just like uh, the gentleman on each side of me. Um, 
want to uh, purchase a home for the first-time buyers. Mm-hmm. Now, Ravi, did you learn anything? What did you learn about buying a home? Yeah, you know, I learned, um, you know, obviously on the optimistic side, I learned that you can find what you want. Um, you, you know, like concessions are, you know, I went through that too about thinking about what I would, you know, like to give up to get a home. But, and, you know, my experience was unique, but if you have the time to look long enough and, um, you know, you, you kind of expand where you want to live and can live, like you can find what you want. Jake, did anything surprise you as you were looking to buy? You're kind of playing off some of the comments of the other other people at the table. Um, I think one of the things that maybe surprised me was hearing the stories of my friends on how they bought and how they were able to buy. And I know, like, generally speaking, you know, in the South, um, this might not be as true now, but people don't want to talk about money religion or politics. I think that's still true. Okay. And the reality is most of my friends who were able to buy, and this was true for my case, was it was the help of their family members for the down payment. Mm. And that's not something that they would often share. But the only reason I was able to buy is because my parents had made some great financial decisions in their life and were generous enough. So there is a sense of like, when I see other people, you know, trying to, trying to fight and trying to just like, you know, and you're just trying to find some housing, it's, it's not always up to us. We have some variables that we can control. Um, but so, you know, what was surprising was really understanding what it took to buy a house and realize for most people, they cannot do it by themselves. Mm. And if that's true for the majority of people, um, like what, what are the long-term impacts of what's happening in the housing market? And, uh, so yeah, so I think that's, I'm still on that journey of trying to discover that, of uh, some of those conclusions. But, um, at the end of the day, I was able to buy a house because my parents. And that was a part of your, the reckoning you had with, the uh, with the, your, your the, the privilege and expectations you were talking about earlier. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, now you know, the, since the fact that most people can't really buy a house and purchase a house on their own, what does that tell you about the messaging we give about buying a home? I mean, out there, there's that has to be an obviously misconception that we're thinking, hey, you can buy a home, you can buy a home, anybody can buy a home, you can do it on your own. But you've come to find that people who even have resources still need help to buy a house. Correct. So it, some of it is you might be able to buy a home, but not where you want to live or even close. So you, you know, you move down to, is it Pulaski, Dallas County? I mean, that's an, that's an hour and 20 minutes away from probably where you grew up. So there, Mm. there are trade-offs that you, you might be able to buy a home, but where, um, how close is that to your job? And, um, so yeah, the cultural American dream of, Hey, you get a middle-class job, you can live generally where you want to live in Nashville. In Middle Tennessee, that's not necessarily true. In some communities, yes, but um, if you're making even double minimum wage, you're not buying in Middle Tennessee unless you are get a house that's low quality, really out in the boonies. And you know, Anita. In the next segment, Alicia Haddock is joining us from the Housing Fund. She helps people like you work on their credit scores, find affordable housing options, and become homeowners. What questions do you have for her? 
Well, I was uh, privileged to actually talk to Alicia um, a few minutes before getting um, on this uh, segment. And um, I came in the door knowing that what I'm working on, one of my goals is getting my credit score together. That's always been something that plagued me. And uh, just getting the message to the people that, that do qualify. There's people out there. I'm, I'm, it's so, you know, you know, personally, I'm a homeless advocate. Mm-hmm. Been there, done that with homelessness and just rented, just rented places. And had I had the knowledge back in the day, I, I could have picked and choose probably the probability is 99% that I could pick and choose where I wanted to live. I wouldn't have had to even face some of the struggles. Um, But the struggle is real. And just getting awareness out there. Um, uh, Alicia was able to share with me about, um, and I'm sure she's going to expound on it, uh, the Financial Empowerment Center here in Nashville, uh, ran by United Way, and several other places. I won't spoil that. But um, getting that information across to individuals that are interested and then letting them know that, yeah, yeah, you too can own your home. You don't have to rent. You don't have to be faced with all the dilemmas that come with renting. And and right now, renting is so excruciating out here mm. just to find a place. It used to be back in the day, I used to find a place anywhere. Come from Nashville. Nashville had a good market. Mm-hmm. I could rent a house. I, I, two car garage, five hundred dollars a month. Wow! And I, I was I, I was soaring. I never thought about credit. I thought, okay, cash works, mm-hmm. but building credit it establishes you. Um, when the people look at your numbers, they are looking at you. They don't care nothing about it. you got a mole on the side of your face. Uh, you come from a, uh, a background with the uh, heirs to the throne. You know, well, not spiritually heirs to the throne. We all do, if you know what I mean. But anyway, mm-hmm. but if, if your mama was who and who and who. But, but your credit score will change a whole lot of things in your life. And that's what I'm working on. Mm-hmm. I know it's not a question of will because you. Oh, yeah. Definitely have it. These fellas right here, I'm going to be coming back and uh, talking any, about what do, y'all doing. Do you have any questions for either one of them? Um, how did turn? Thank you. <laughs> Jake just gave me his number. Uh, thank you. And I'll take yours, too. Absolutely. Uh, so, but, um, yeah, I, I just being around people, like you said, you ha- your family was able to help you out in uh, the down payment. Um, coming together and for the good of humanity, that means a whole lot. So I, I, I'm, I applaud you all for your perseverance, and it is attainable. Getting the message across to let people know that it is attainable. You can own your own home, uh, no matter what. You know, just work on some things. Work on them a little bit at a time. Mm. You know, just a little bit at a time. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. I think I answered that, but if not, uh, I'm in the right direction, I believe. Yes, ma'am. Yes, Thank ma'am. <laughs> now, Ravi, what advice do you have to thinks that owning a home is an unattainable or unachievable goal? Yeah, um, you know, I, I would say that there's always like a level of fear, you know, like, you know, I definitely had that in the beginning and it took me 14 years to get to that point to where I felt like it was uh, the right decision uh, for me. Um, 
but advice wise you know if you want it i would just make sure you trust your agent having the people around you that you trust and um they have your best interests at heart that's the f most important thing and then knowing what you want and knowing you know that you're willing to wait wait it out or keep looking um and you can find what you want that is first-time homeowner Ravi Balakrishna. He was joined by Anita Smith. Ravi, Anita, thank you both so much for being on the show today. And thank you again. Thank you. Jake Burton is going to stay with us through the break. When we come back, we'll talk with housing experts about the current state of the market in Nashville, and we'll address some of the rumors floating around out there, like, is the market being dominated by coastal buyers? Are you looking to buy a house and you need some advice? What questions do you have for our experts? Tweet them to us at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. I'm Khalil A. Colonna, and this is Nashville. If you want to buy a home, it's always good to have someone on your side who knows what they're doing and how to fill out all that paperwork. Yeah, you're buying a house after all, and that's no small purchase. You'll need people who really know what they're doing and they can answer questions like, do you need help applying for a loan? Are there programs to help that first-time homebuyer? And when you see something you like, what are my chances? My next guests can help with those questions and more. I'd like to welcome Mark Nash, realtor with Parks, and Alicia Haddock with The Housing Fund. Mark, Alicia, welcome to thank This Is Nashville. You. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Such a pleasure to have you with us. Okay, Mark, you've been in the business for nine years. Yeah. Can you give us a quick rundown of where the housing market in Nashville is right now? Right now, yeah. So obviously, as we all know, and as we've heard the last couple of years through the pandemic actually turned out to be really wild. And it was, um, it was crazy out there. Um, but now, the you know, it is still very much a seller's market, right? But we're seeing some slight indications of a shift in the market, which will help buyers regain some more um, negotiating leverage, right? So we're seeing the last couple of years, we've seen offers, you know, I had listings where it was like 10 offers coming in, mm -hmm. waiving all contingencies, no inspections. You know, a lot of times, you know, there's a lot of people out there with cash and they were coming in. Um, so those waiving all those contingencies, which is very attractive to a seller. I mean, a lot of people were just getting, getting beat up out there. And I understand the frustration, um, as agents, we were frustrated, you know, we don't like this. Well, the agents that I work with and that I, that I talk to, you know, it's, it makes our job more difficult in this lopsided, um, market that we have. But the good news is, what we've been seeing in the last four or five months is this shift in buyers getting some leverage back. We're seeing inspections actually happen again, right? We're mm. seeing more inventory, which is fantastic. Um, April, we had about 1,300 homes available. May jumped up to 1,500. Last month, we were close to 1,900 homes, and we think that it's gonna, this is going to continue. You know, part of that's Inflation, a part of that is rates. The rates raised this year in, you know, to levels that we hadn't seen in 10 plus years. Um, you know, we were very fortunate in that 2015, 
2019 ballpark where we were down to like 3%, you know, even under 3% a little bit, which had been unheard of. Um, so, you know, just because of what's happening in the market, things have raised. But we have seen in the last month or so, well, definitely month, it drop. You know, June, it was around 6%. Now we're around 4.8, 4.9. And we kind of feel like at least in the next couple of months, we may be sitting around there. Now, you talked about people dropping contingencies such as inspections. How risky is that for a home buyer to kind of drop an inspection and then buy something and find out it's, I don't know what the term is for a, a lemon type of house. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's certainly a risk. It's a, you know, it can be a big risk. And it depends on the home, too. You know, it depends on your price point and it depends on the home. Like, you know, the median home price in Nashville is around uh, 480000 You know, that's still a lot of money, right? Um, you know, typically down payments are, you know, you know, 10%, right? So you have to come to the table with that. Um, so it really depends. Are you buying a whole, an older home? Yeah, there's some risk there, mm-hmm. um, definitely. But people were, the need was so high, people were willing to, to take that risk. Our, one of our producer was telling us as she was developing this story about a horror story of a woman who purchased a house and found that there were spiders infested in the attic and snakes in the basement. I, I can only <laughs> imagine that there was no inspection to take place. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's hard to say. Okay. Possibly, yeah, that, that that they didn't do a you know a pest inspection or a, you know a typical home inspection, and yeah, that stuff is gonna sometimes that stuff comes up. You know, there's there's certain horror stories of all kinds mm-hmm. out there. You know, I, you know, in my experience, they've been a, a little few and far between. Like to that extent, you know, where it's like, oh, we bought a home and. There was this, you know, it fell into the earth. Yeah, yeah. There's a dinosaur (laughs) Mm -hmm. down there. Um, You know, that, we don't see too much of that. But yeah, there are stories. You buy a home and then two weeks later, we got a plumbing issue, you know. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that stuff happens. But, you know, I, I will, you know, this has been a great segment and so many wonderful things have been said. And, and just to, just to echo some of the things that were said earlier, you know, Aligning with great professionals, a great agent, a great lender is going to that's going to help alleviate a lot of these a lot of these issues that you're going to run into, because we know the we know the process. Our job is to control the process. And if we are experienced and and are decent at our jobs and are doing our jobs well to protect you, we can see things a few steps down the road, right? Mm-hmm. And then we can help shepherd you away from that possible, you know, landmine that you're going to step on. Okay. The spiders, the snakes, or the dinosaur in the basement. Okay, more market questions coming in a minute. But now let's move the programs that help people get into homes. Alicia, what type of help does the housing fund offer people? So, you know, our mission is to um, provide resources and creative leadership uh, to help individuals and communities um, uh, uh, create and maintain affordable and healthy places for low to moderate income people. And so that simply means that, um, you know, in the first segment we were talking about, um, you know, down payments, right, and closing costs. How do we make that up if we don't have 
right, um, access to uh, funds and capital um, from our family members. And most people don't. And so at the housing fund, we provide down payment assistance um, for people who are 120 uh, percent uh, of the area median income and under. Mm. And so that's significant when we're talking about the type of housing market that we're in now, this housing crisis. That's why we were created. 26 years ago, because there was a housing crisis and just so happened we're still in one now. Yeah. And so we're providing that down payment assistance to make home ownership a possibility for people who are um, ordinary individuals working day to day who help make our city run, right? We used to talk about affordable housing in the vein of it was only public housing or we didn't want it in our backyard. But at this point in time, we're talking about um, each other, right? Our teachers, our essential workers, our public servants, our, our police officers, firefighters, artists, right? These are the people that need the assistance and we're able to help them at the housing fund. So, you know, it starts with that down payment assistance because that kind of everybody needs that when you want to purchase a home. But then we also have specialized programs. We have the shared equity program and we are managing Nashville's first community land trust program that centers around permanent affordability within communities. And so this is how we present um, the work when we're talking about creation and preservation of home ownership. Okay, we just got a tweet from of one garden who reminds us money pit. That's the term I was looking for when you refer to a house, house. that turns into a lemon. a lemon. I think there's a famous or well, infamous Tom Hanks movie uh, about that. Now, you know, you mentioned affordable housing. And last mm-hmm. month we did an episode all about affordable housing. You can okay. fi- find that online at thisisnashville.org. And one thing that came up was that people often conflate affordable housing with public housing. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. But really, affordable housing just means, as our senior producer Steve Harouche mentioned at the top of the show, is that someone is paying 30% of their income on housing costs. Now, tell me, you mentioned some folks before, but who are the people in Nashville that really qualify for affordable housing and can find themselves a home? Yeah, so, you know, it is um, uh, the people that we depend on to run our city for it to be effective, right? These are people who, you know, um, uh, the people who work in hospitals, our child care workers, the very fabric of what makes a great community. Um, these are the, the folk that we work with every single day at the housing fund, providing down payment assistance and closing costs. But then also we create programs that um, help people obtain the dream of home ownership because at this point, you know, um, that dream has been lost. Mm-hmm. Right. And and people really don't think that home ownership is a, a, is obtainable anymore. Right. With our current market, with um, everything going up, the Metro Social Services just put out data where housing costs um, is up 20 percent. You know, in the last in the past 20, uh, 12 months and gas is up and child care is up, but wages only uh, rose three percent. Mm. So what does that mean when we're talking about can I live in Nashville? Right. Or can I live in, within the county that I grew up in the community that I love? And so at the housing fund, we say yes. 
Right. Yes, you can. Um, yes, it is a possibility. And so um, the people that we depend upon to create this great city, that it's city that we love to talk about. Yes. Home ownership um, is within reach with resources and um, organizations like the housing fund. If you're just tuning in, this is Nashville, and I'm your host, Khalil Lake We're talking this hour about the current state of the housing market in our city and exploring the future of real estate in our town. Now, first-time homebuyer Jake Burton is still with us. Jake, you mentioned this a little bit earlier about what you do for a living, that you flip houses for a living. And and how does that work? What type of houses are you looking to buy? Yeah, so I'm uh, basically the actual... actual how do you say it? I acquire the properties for our uh, um, company. So it's a small team of us, about four. So we're a small player with a, a lot of investment companies that are out here. But um, generally, we're looking for properties that we can buy at a discount and that need upgrading. So new kitchens, new bath, new roof, and to resell those to make a profit. So generally, we're targeting homes that uh, need love as, as we like to say it. So need mm-hmm. a little love. Now, a lot of people are talking about gentrification as a major issue. Totally. In this city, you're in the business of buying houses. Do you think about gentrification as you're going about doing your work? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, to discuss the moral question, I don't, I don't always know where we should land. Um, but the reality is people get displaced whether it's along uh, economic lines, racial lines. Um, you know, Anita was here before. She said, I've always been a renter. And she said, I, rent, I rented this great house for $500. You know, she probably had that rent locked in for eight, nine years. But all of a sudden, her, her landlord sells the house. Mm-hmm. Then she emerges into a new market where she's to find a new place. She has to pay $1,400 a month. So it's a, uh, so for her, she had to move to Giles County. So that is a common story. Um, Is it fair? No. Is it morally wrong? I don't know. But it's, it's not fair. It happens. What can the city do? Um, So I think the city can highlight programs like the housing fund um, and push people to who want to fight to be a homeowner, to point them in the right direction, the right education. Um, As far as real estate investment companies, there's a lot of home builders that get incentives for building attainable housing. Um, That's government money at work that is, makes those businesses profit. I think that's needed, but I also think why don't we use the government's money to incentivize first-time homebuyers to get out of the rental class to build generational wealth that they can pass down to their kids 30, 45 years from now? So I think there's a lot of, I don't think there's one magic bullet to solve. I think there's probably about 75 little things that can make the, the housing market healthy. Alicia, how do Jake's comments resonate with you? Yeah, um, I I do think that um, pointing people in the direction of um, uh, housing uh, advocates, affordable housing um, practitioners, that, um, you know, this is what we do daily. We think about these issues. We work with um, public-private funders and to ensure that these opportunities that we provide um, are accessible to the people that need them. And so... 
in a lot of instances, you're right, Jake. Yeah, we do need to, to put more focus on the people that are doing the work, right, and that can help people um, obtain their dream of home ownership. But I also think, you know, it is a matter of will, Right. Are you willing to do the things that need to be done to um, create a more level playing field for people who need um, um, housing? And then, of course, um, uh, 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 for home ownership. So I do think. You know, Jake has some great points, but I also think there is so much more space for um, people to play um, in in affordable housing where we think we may not have an impact. We really have the power um, to do um, to, to play in this space and to create affordable housing, but also preserve the affordable housing that's already in Nashville. We keep you know, talking about displacement and gentrification, um, I think we have a lot more power um, to um, remedy some of these issues than we think we do, right? And so that's what we do at the Housing Fund. We exercise the power to create opportunities for home ownership, and it's an ongoing um, uh, thing versus just let me do this one thing. And even though that's great if people have, you know, the initiative and staying up on the issues of affordable housing, Right. Staying very in tune to what's happening and what's going on. I think together we can make way more headway than trying to do it separately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the different industries, um, transit, child care, health care. You know, these are things we can't talk about them in silos. We have to come together if we're going to if we're going to create a better community. Mark, I see you shaking your head and you've been helping people buy homes, but also sell homes. Yeah. you know, Alicia talks about the will, but, you know, think about it. Sellers deserve to get as much as they can they do. for their property. Sure. But people also are afforded a fair opportunity to be able to buy a house as well. What are some ways that you've discovered that we can find this sort of medium? Yeah, it is. You know, here's the deal. Sellers are going to be fine. They're making money, you know, the amazing money. And that's fantastic. And they shouldn't necessarily be penalized because... Listen, it's not the sellers. They're not in job of the uh, in charge of the market. The market's the market, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing. I actually serve on the Greater Nashville Association mm-hmm. of Realtors Affordable Housing Committee that we have, and it's a very difficult conversation. You know, we sit there and we're like, well, there's not much we can do as mm-hmm. agents. There's not much, you know, but um, you know, one thing. Yeah. And even Jake kind of touched on it, too, like things to bridge that gap a little bit is, I mean, everybody said this, it's awareness, it's education. And, you know, we need leadership. I think we need our political leaders to to step up and and make this a priority. I you know, I think we can all agree, at at least at this table, housing is just a right. It should be a human right. Right. You Mm -hmm. know, Um, so some of the things. you know, as far as for buyers, you know, to 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 bridge that gap is is yeah, more education. Um, I think if we can get developers to developers with a heart, you know, not every mm. developer is going to want to jump in on this. They just are looking at numbers, right? If we can find some local developers that are willing to to you know not give away anything, but at least make okay, if you're doing a big you know, 30 home project or a 30 townhouse project somewhere, can 10% of that, 20% of that be made affordable to people? 
You know, I we need that. We need other people, you know, we need to step in as agents, developers, everybody across the spectrum in in the real estate community, lenders. And there are we are seeing some lenders jump mm-hmm. in, you know, especially in the last few months with some really some some interesting programs. You know, just we're trying to get creative. What can we do with the resources that we have mm-hmm. to to make this more um uh, to make this more neutral, to make this more even for people, because it, it really shouldn't be. Okay, we got a tweet from Agent Jamie. It says, people in Nashville, especially current homeowners, need to understand that we can't complain how high home prices have been when building starts are blocked by government, locals, and neighbors. Everyone wants affordable housing, but not in their, quote-unquote, backyard. Alicia, what's your response? Yeah, NIMBYism is a a huge issue, right? Not in my backyard. But we do have a lot of people who are, you know, um, their sentiment is yes in my backyard, Mm -hmm. right? Yes, we need affordable housing because they understand that affordable housing is, um, it runs the gamut. It's it's not just about, um, uh, I don't want this type of housing. These are the people that are teaching our children that are um, serving and servicing our hospitals and all of these things. And so really kind of uh, shaping the narrative, creating the message that this affordable housing is for everyone, mm-hmm. right? Um, it, it doesn't matter um, uh, your occupation. Uh, we know that we are having issues with affordability. And so it just so happens that housing is one of the big issues that you talk about because uh, who can do anything without a roof over their head, right? It's hard mm-hmm. to focus. But I do think if we are hopeful, um, there uh, there's promise that the market will mm-hmm. get better. And people are working really hard to make sure that everyone has an opportunity at home ownership if they so desire. All right. We're going to have to end it there. That is Alicia Haddock from the Housing Fund. She was joined by Mark Nash of Parks Realty and first-time homeowner and house flipper Jake Burton. I want to thank you all for being here to this is a great conversation. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks. We want to thank everyone who tuned in this hour tomorrow. School's coming back soon. How are teachers preparing for the new academic year? This is Nashville as a production of WPLN News and Nashville Public Radio. Listen back at thisisnashville.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Our producers are Steve Harouche, Rose Gilbert, and Tasha A.F. Lemley. Our digital lead is Anna Gallegos-Cannon. Michaela Elias is our technical director. Our executive producer is Andrea Tuthope. Shout out to our intern, Doreen Schernecki. The masterminds behind our theme music are LaRange and Namir Blade. Special thanks to Hil- Hillary Farmer. Lorraine Best, Gerard Weyburn, Caroline Rosenberg, Christian Poland, and Jahara Bahar. Conversation doesn't end here. Tweet us at This Is Nashville. Find us on Facebook and Instagram. Let us know what you want to hear from our show. This is Nashville. I'm Khalil Ekelona. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. And be good to each other.